Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to Unscrewed, the show that knows that real liberation includes sexual liberation. I'm your host, Jacqueline Friedman, and welcome to another Spare Parts Quickie-Sode, where we bring you a little of this, a little of that, and get you in and out in 15 minutes or less. Oh, Unscrewed family, it has been a brutal few weeks, has it not? Between the Stanford rape case and the massacre of queer people in Orlando, it's been a lot of violence up here in our sexual culture. It's been a lot of violence in my social media feeds, I'm sure yours, and just invading our brains and our bodies in a variety of ways. And I do not want to add to that load in this episode. If you need more information about any of those things, it's widely available on the internet. What I want to do is recenter us, offer a way to get through these really difficult moments. When tragedy, when awfulness strikes, what I turn to is this really great advice from Mr. Rogers, the longtime children's television host that many of us grew up with. He offered this advice about how to help children get through tragedy and horror, but I think it's good advice for all of us. My mother used to say, always look for the helpers. There, were, there will always be helpers, you know, even just on the sidelines. Because if you look for the helpers, you'll know that there's hope. So I want to take a minute now and look for the helpers in these two cases. There are a lot of them, actually. Let's look at the miles-long line of people lined up to give blood in Orlando right after the massacre. That human impulse to help, to come together as a community, I found so moving. It was actually the first time I managed to cry after the shock of absorbing the news in the morning. Look for the first responders who intervened on scene and the doctors and nurses and medical techs who are working right now as we speak to heal the people who survived the attacks but are still grievously wounded. Look for this kind of story, too. I know when the stories start emerging of what really happened at Pulse that night, we're going to hear stories of helpers from inside the bar, people who sacrificed their lives to save other people, people who banded together to save as many people people as possible. 
look for organizers in queer, Latino, and Muslim communities who are pulling together vigils, who are pulling together a fund to help the victims and the victims' families. If you want to contribute to that, you can look to GoFundMe.com slash Pulse Victims Fund. And also look to the folks who are working on comprehensive gun control. I know it seems like it's politically impossible right now, but lots of things are politically impossible until they become possible. So I think Every Town for Gun Safety is doing really great work. You can find them at everytown.org, but there are lots of other folks out there who are working to make sure that our culture isn't suffused in guns. Look for the helpers who are fighting anti-Muslim bias right now, who are fighting homophobia, who are fighting racism, who are fighting misogyny and all the coverage and discussion of this massacre. And when we turn to the Stanford rape case, which again, if you don't have the details on that, I, I urge you just Google Stanford rape case and you'll find them all. There are also lots of helpers to look for. Obviously, first and foremost, those two grad students who were biking along and interrupted the assault and caught Brock Turner and made sure that he was handed over to the police. Not incidentally, they were raised in Sweden where they had comprehensive sex ed, where they learned that affirmative consent is where it's at. And so when they saw somebody laying unconscious, being sexually acted upon, they knew that something was wrong. Look for the helpers in the media including Katie J.M. Baker, who ran the victim's statement originally, and a number of people who read it on air. So look for the journalists who are really responsibly and vociferously covering this. Look to the recall effort. There's a Stanford professor who's leading the charge to recall Judge Aaron Persky from the bench for this and other pro-rape rulings that he has given. Check out Recall Aaron Persky if you want to support their efforts financially or otherwise. I really actually do think that if this judge faces consequences for his horrific ruling, that not only he but other judges will maybe think twice before they issue pro-rape rulings in the future. And look to the survivor herself who wrote that really tremendously powerful impact statement that has created so much conversation about rape culture and accountability that we weren't having previously. Her bravery, not only in writing that and reading it to her rapist in open court, but also allowing it to be published for the world to discuss is really tremendous. And to all the other survivors who've spoken up in the wake of this, adding their own stories. Thank you, everyone. If you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling isolated, if you're feeling overwhelmed, See if you can become a helper by supporting any of these efforts or initiating your own. I find for myself that when I feel overwhelmed by the horror and despair of the violence that we all face and grapple with, that sometimes taking action to make the world better is the most healing thing that I can do. Share your ideas about what actions you've been taking or what helpers you've been seeing with me on Twitter. Let's make sure that there's some light in this conversation that is so, so difficult for so many people. I'm at Jacqueline F on Twitter and you can use the hashtag unscrewed so other folks in the community can also talk with you. Speaking of help, we're going to move to a little bit of a lighter situation. We have a listener advice question from a listener who would like to remain anonymous, who has a question about how to talk with her monogamous friends about issues that come up in her open relationship. She writes, how do I talk to my monogamous friends about my relationship challenges without them resorting to, well, maybe you're not poly after all. I mean, I guess I just have to say something when they do it, but it's getting tiresome. It also makes the demons chatter like, am I, am I? 
And it's like wanting more solid attention from my primary emotional partner does not make Polly an overall fail for me. As soon as I read this question, I knew I had to call up my favorite source on the subject of open relationships, the award-winning sex educator and feminist pornographer, Tristan Taramino, who's also the author of eight books, including Opening Up, A Guide to Creating and Sustaining Open Relationships. Here's what she had to say. I thought it through. I was trying to be kind. Then I was like, you need new friends. <laughs> but let me back up and hit that with a little bit more compassion. Okay. 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 People have a very serious investment in their own relationship style. And because the default is monogamy, I do feel like sometimes when your friends or your peers choose other styles, people can take it personally in a way that they shouldn't. They feel like you choosing polyamory is a judgment on them. Yes. So the first thing I want to say is for the friends who are being assholes, they are having their own anxiety about their own choices and how they feel about them and what possibilities they do or do not have in their own lives. And they're projecting that shit onto you. Ooh. The person who asked the question. Yes. It's a really common thing, though, to say if you're having struggles in your relationship to automatically jump to oh, it's because you're non-monogamous. I mean, this is something our culture does. This is something that still therapists do. People come in and want to talk about open relationships and they actually pathologize the open relationship itself rather than looking for the other issues that are at work. It's so ridiculous because, you know, I'm monogamous. If I tell somebody I'm having relationship problems, they're not going to be like, well, maybe you're really polyamorous. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> See, yeah, and that's how we know it's a double standard. This is a tricky question because... Often when we turn to people who are monogamous or who have no experience with non-monogamy, they can't necessarily relate to the struggles and the challenges. They're specific to having multiple partners, right? Right. And so someone can't say, well, in my experience, when I have a husband and a boyfriend, this is how I handle it. If people don't have those experiences. So my first thought is you need to find a support system of people who are, in fact, non-monogamous because not only are they not going to hassle you, but they have experience. They're doing this and they're going to have more to say and more insight into the issues than a circle of people who've been steadily monogamous for their entire lives. Is there a good place you would recommend that somebody goes to find that community? I mean, there are a ton of great online and in-person groups. If people go to my website, openingup.net, which is my website just about open relationships, there's a ton of resources and links there. Listservs, meetup groups, online groups, just a ton of resources. But I also really sympathize with this person in that we are constantly hearing from society that monogamy is the right choice for everyone. It's the mature choice. It's the choice for people who don't have, quote, issues. All of this programming and to undo that programming and kind of retrain your brain and not let the criticism of your monogamous friends sink in. Mm. Is challenging. We don't have a lot of role models for this. We don't have a lot of people talking about this like on the national stage. And so it makes sense that when people start to question the choice that you're making, it's them plus all of this cultural messaging that we've grown up with. It's all around us. And it's pretty powerful stuff. So I, I want to let this person off the hook and say, 
I think we all hear those voices in our head and we just have to constantly push back against them, whether they're coming from a movie that we saw or some self-help person on a talk show or your friends. So it sounds like part of the answer here is find people who get it, whether they're in open relationships or they're just not going to say this judgmental stuff to you. Learn who to talk to about these issues and who you actually just really can't talk to. You don't have to drop them as friends, but maybe you don't take your relationship issues to these people. But my other question is, I have to assume you've encountered this kind of a thing too. Do you have a pat answer that you, in the moment, when you've gone ahead and said something to someone and you're getting caught up short by that response? My inclination was for this listener to have a brief sentence or two to sort of have in your back pocket already worked out when you come up against this. I would turn it back on them and say, if you have multiple relationships, there's more going on, there are more dynamics, and so there can be more processing and more work. But having multiple relationships does not necessarily equal multiple problems. Having multiple relationships with lots of problematic people equals more problems. (laughs) But having multiple relationships in and of itself does not mean you're doomed to have more problems than the average person. Because there's also this sort of superiority element, I feel like, from the monogamous person, which is like, hey, listen, what I've got going is perfect and we never have issues and that's because we're monogamous. And I would say that may be true, but it's not because of the structure of monogamy. It's because of your compatibility, the way that you communicate, how your personalities interact, all these different things. So to just realize that you can have these healthy, fulfilling relationships no matter what the structure is and to not buy into this idea that you're always going to be doomed to have these problems because more people equals more problems. You're much more patient than I am. (laughs) (laughs) I learned this, I think, from Hannah Blank who taught me this thing that I've learned to say at dinner tables and things if somebody says something offensive when I have the presence of mind to say, I don't understand. Can you explain it to me? Basically force them to own the stupid, horrible assumptions behind whatever comment that they've thrown out at you. So in this case, if you say, I don't understand, can you explain that to me? They'd have to say, my assumption is that if you were monogamous, you'd get all the attention you needed from your partner, which of course, then you could be like, really, has that been your experience? I was going to say, yeah. I mean, I've been in monogamous relationships and gotten less attention from someone than when I've been a secondary partner to someone else in a poly relationship. I mean, it's all relative, right? So I absolutely support going the educational route and explaining all that stuff, you know, what's wrong with your assumption. But I think also you can just hoist them on their assumptions sometime too. (laughs) And I would say if you're identifying with the other person in this scenario, like you are the monogamous person, your friend comes to you and says, this is my problem with having three girlfriends. What do I do? And you honestly don't know what to say. I think then you always default to That sounds really hard. Right. That sounds really hard. You could even say, I'll be honest, I feel really out of my depth in giving you advice, but that sounds really hard. Yeah. Just go straight for the compassion and let's leave the judgment (laughs) out of it. 
That's actually pretty good advice for lots of situations. Thanks again to Tristan Taramino for helping us out. If you like that segment, y'all should definitely check out her podcast, which is called Sex Out Loud. And if you want help with a sexuality related situation, just send me your questions to unscrewed at JacquelineFriedman.com. That's J-A-C-L-Y-N-F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N.com. You can also send it as a voice memo so we can use your voice on the show. I would love to do that. That is all we have time for this week. As always, if you like this show, if you want to help other people find the show, please take a minute right now. Do it now and go to iTunes. Give us a review. It only has to be a sentence or two. Give us five stars. That bumps us up in the ratings and helps other people find us on iTunes. Unscrewed can be found on iTunes, of course, as well as Stitcher, Acast, wherever fine podcasts are available. This show is produced in collaboration with Katie Tanti, a fantastic creative director of TheEstablishment.co, and edited by yours truly. Our cover art is by Nicole Dodonna, and the in and out music you are dancing along with right now is by The Pink Tiles. Until next week, I'm wishing you safe and happy sex lives. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.